Um, so that's it. Let's pray. We'll jump in. Okay. Lord, thank you for this time together today. Thank you for the privilege of worship, for the opportunity you give us, Lord, to look into your word this Sunday morning. Lord, speak to us through the scriptures today and help us to hear uh, this different message, Lord, you've had me prepare for this morning. Lord, thank you. Thank you for your hand in this and for guiding us as we spend this time together. Lord, we do pray together for needs around us as we've already lifted up today, but we especially want to lift up to you the Blackaby family. And thank you for the impact that our brother Henry has made on so many millions of lives through experiencing God, through other books he's written, his ministry through the years. Lord, uh, thank you for these saints of yours that you've gifted us with through the years, many of whom now are going on to be with you as they want to, Lord. So we just pray that you'll bless that family and bless us as we remember how important it is to daily experience you and walk with you in faith and obedience. Lord, help us to do that today in this time in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we'd said earlier, back the first of the year, very first of the year, that my word for the year was watch. Remember that? Okay, how many remember watch? We said watch. Okay, actually last Sunday one brother came out and said his word for this year is hope. Good. The Lord gives you a word, hang on to it. Or a text. But the more we live out, at least the more I live out 2024, the more I'm starting to understand why the Lord said watch this year. These are important days in many ways. And we need to be alert and watching, trusting God and aware of the challenges that are coming our way. And I have to tell you, one of the challenges I dealt with, <laughs> being transparent, one of the challenges I dealt with was this message. This is a new one. This is fresh bread, okay? Hadn't been preached before, at least not from my mouth, okay? Um, and this sermon ended up looking very different from what I normally do in a sermon, meaning I'm an expository preacher. I normally take a text of Scripture and I unpack that text and we get to the end of the text and we say, thank you, Lord, amen. There you are, okay? But today we're looking at several different places. So I think we'll be done by supper. But in case not, we're sending people out to get Bojangles. No, just kidding, just kidding. But we'll be done by lunch. But uh, um, thankfully you start at 10 instead of 11, okay? So that helps, that helps. Um, but just pray for me, if you would, as we go through this, because you're going to see as we unpack this, we're talking about watch being a protecting word, dealing with the spiritual issues we wrestle with day to day to day, all of our lives, uh, as have all believers who've gone before us and those who will follow after us until Jesus comes back. Um, so this is a crucial text and topic, I believe, uh, and it's something that that, to be quite honest, Satan doesn't want us talking about. Because the more we become aware with Jesus as our primary focus, the more we become aware of the work of the enemy and his forces, uh, the more that, well, to be, put it blunt, the more that ticks him off. Okay? You don't like that. Satan likes to be in the background, unnoticed, and just does his damage and then goes off and laughs about it. Okay? We're not going to let that happen today. Okay? We're going to look at what the scriptures say about who we are, and the struggles we face, and how we need to watch for how God wants us to be alert and ready to respond in faith, trusting him for all that we need. Okay, watch, word we're talking about. It is an action word. You can also translate it or apply it as alert, be on the alert, uh, be warned, be vigilant, etc. Actually, I was looking up... Um, 
I've been doing some weird stuff lately. <laughs> but one of the things is looking up words in Latin to see what the word in Latin is. You know what the word in Latin for watch is? Vigilo. Vigil. Oh. Okay? So that makes sense. But that's the word. Watch. A key verse that helped me get into getting ready for this topic. Not our text, but a key verse that helped me to get ready for this and kind of prepared me for this has a personal background. So let me share that with you, then we're going to go to our text, okay? That verse is Proverbs 4.23. And it's, I've been reading Proverbs this month, so this has been on my mind lately. That verse says, Guard your heart above all else, for it is the source of life. Okay? Wisdom from Solomon, guard your heart above all else, is the source for life. Now, the reason that's important to me is you know, when we're parenting, we hope we're doing the right things. How many of you have adult children? You have adult children. Bless us, right? We made it through teenage years, right? But even in that, God gives us a burden for our kids, doesn't he? And sometimes an overwhelming burden for our children. One of the things I did with our daughters intentionally as they went to school was they never rode the bus. I took them to school virtually every day for uh, counting both of them, 16 years, okay? Well, Carl and I did, but I didn't most of it because I'd do it on the way to work. Um, and every morning, driving Rachel and then Jessica to school, I quoted that verse to them virtually every morning, especially when they got in their teenage years, okay? They'd hear Dad say, girls, guard your hearts. Guard your hearts today. And then I'd pray for them. And let them drop them off, and we went on the day. I was concerned for their spiritual well-being. I was concerned for their young lives. Now I've got, we've got, of course, you've heard enough about the two grandkids, Noah and Ellie. Now we're praying that for them. Not dropping off at school yet, but um, still trusting the Lord to work in their lives, helping them to guard their hearts, to be on watch in their living. Folks, that concern is not limited to young people in school. It extends to all of us, young and old, boys and girls, men and women, families, churches, and more. So how do we guard our hearts? How do we stay alert spiritually? How do we recognize that spiritual warfare is real? And how do we recognize when it's coming our way? And we're going to be dealing with something a little more. Actually, and that's one reason why I'm glad God gives us spouses Sometimes when we're sensitive to things than we are, I can be dealing with something and my bride will say, uh, Bob, we're in spiritual warfare here. See that? And I basically say something like, duh, you know, um, hello, there it is. I mean, we spend plenty of time in God's presence. We need to, focusing on his word, praying, listening, looking for what he's doing in and around us. We keep our eyes open, need to keep our eyes open what God's, God's doing and how he's leading us. We watch for him in our daily lives. We watch for challenges that he can help us face by his grace and by his strength. We basically stay on watch in Jesus' name. So today we're considering watch as a protecting word. Each one of us today needs to decide if we're serious about living the Christian life. And if we are, we absolutely must be alert to the challenges of the life we'll face in following Jesus. 
It's just real. It's going to be there. Uh, I mean, Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. He's handled it, but we still get to live it trusting him. So let's learn from the Lord in his word today how he would have us be alert, how he'd have us be on watch, how he'd have us following and depending on him, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All right, now we're getting ready to jump into the text. Go ahead to the good slide if you would, Matthew 26. Now I apologize. In the bulletin, it says Matthew 26, 41. Text is actually Matthew 26, 40 and 41. So you get two verses for the price of one, okay? But uh, this is our starting place today. But this isn't the only place we're going today, okay? So if you have a pen and paper, I really encourage you. If you have pen and paper, I think I've got most of the references up on the screen in the following slides. Um, jot those down so you can look at them later because I believe you'll want to look at them later. Okay, so if I get pens and paper out, I don't hear paper, rest, paper rustling. Russell, Russell, Russell. Okay, good. All right. So we're going to start in Matthew 26, 40 and 41. This is, as you've read before, this is Jesus going into the Garden of Gethsemane with his disciples. The night he was arrested before, before the trial and crucifixion the next day. Okay? That's where we are. We're going to talk more about that in a minute. But let's, I just want to get you, give you the place so you know. And here's what it says, Matthew 26, 40. And 41, and Jesus came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, again, I'm not sure why he singled Peter out, but said to Peter, he's a leader, said to Peter, so could you not watch with me one hour? That verse has really nailed me this week, okay? But could, we not, could you not watch with me one hour, yes, Peter? Here's the verse 41, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Pray with me one more time, okay? Lord, you've caused all the scriptures to be written for our learning. So grant us in these moments, Lord, that we may in such a way hear them, read them, mark them, learn from them, and inwardly digest them so that by patience and the comfort of your holy word, you may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of eternal life, watching for you, Lord. All in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Here's the scene. Jesus has just had Last Supper with his disciples. Judas has gone out to betray him. Remember that? From the, this is coming, we're coming up on this next month, so be getting ready for all this coming up later, soon. So he's, he's about to be arrested later that night, tried, beaten, and crucified for us to pay the price for our sins by his shed blood on the cross. Okay, all that's getting ready to happen. Okay, So to be ready for what's to come, you know the story. Jesus takes his disciples to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. Now notice in verse 36, you have your Bibles open there, Matthew 26, 36. Didn't read it, but I was going to tell you what it says, okay? He took all the disciples, minus Judas, and told them to sit, probably toward the entrance of the garden, while he went on to pray. When we were there years ago in Israel, got to tour the Garden of Gethsemane. And it makes sense. There's a wall around it, and I'm assuming there was a wall then. 
But um, there are all kinds of places to sit and move and be in amongst all these olive trees. But anyway, Jesus left the disciples, most of the disciples at one point. Verse 37 says he took Peter, James, and John further into the garden with him and told them how sad he was and asked them to stay there and watch with him as he prayed. So basically, they're his lookouts, okay? He knows what's coming. So he just has them there so he can focus on praying and talking to the Father. And aren't we glad he did? We have John 17 because of those moments, okay? So Jesus leaves them, goes on to pray. They're to be on watch as he spends time in prayer. After his first season of prayer, he comes back to check on them. And they're asleep. As we say in the South, bless their hearts, right? So he said to Peter, could you not watch with me one hour? I, I, I can't get past how Peter must have felt when Jesus said that to him, waking him up. You know how it is when you wake up, you know? You're already kind of foggy, and you hear Jesus saying those words to you. I think I would have been awake the rest of the night. Peter wasn't, but I would think I would have been. I think. I, mean, here's the, I just want to make sure we get a handle on what's happening here, okay? The greatest cosmic spiritual battle of all time was getting ready to begin the next day. The Son of God was about to be put on trial, beaten and crucified by Roman soldiers, all orchestrated by Satan himself. Now, the Lord is behind this, of course, we know. But this is the world and all creation in Satan's control coming against Jesus. Jesus was sweating blood as he prayerfully got ready for that battle. Question to think about. Thinking about that moment in his life and the disciples, are we aware even a little bit of the spiritual battles, the spiritual struggles that are going on around us day by day? Or are we too sleepy to notice? Here's good news. Here's a secret about watching that we need to make sure we get right here. While we may be sleepy and not alert enough to notice the challenges we need to be ready for, folks, this is good, okay? Jesus never sleeps on the job, okay? You can be half asleep and the worst attacks getting ready to come against you that you've ever seen, and Jesus is aware and he's ready. We may not be. But he is. That's the whole point of today. Let's get, get a little closer to being ready. That's why he's trying to get his disciples to see. He's always alert. He's always ready in the personal work of the Holy Spirit in your life to help us in all the challenges of life. We need to celebrate that today. In the midst of the difficulty, we need to celebrate that. But we have to be watching for what he's doing so we can join him in his victory. This is why his instruction to the disciples And to us is specifically two things. Look at verse 26. He told them to watch and what? And pray. He didn't just say watch. He said watch and pray. Watch, be alert for the challenges, the issues, the opportunities, the attacks, everything that's coming your way. Be alert and watch so that you can pray. Asking the Lord to be your help moment by moment. We're going to see that again in Ephesians 6 in just a little bit. But for now, mark it down. 
We can't handle the challenges that come. Go ahead and acknowledge it. But God Almighty most definitely can. So what do we need to be alert to as we watch? Here's where you can be noting some things down, okay? Three enemies. We have three enemies as Christians and as a church, okay? You probably know this, but let's just mark it down again, okay? Three enemies the Scripture lays out for us. The world, the flesh, and the devil. There they are. You want to know who our enemies are? They're the three enemies of the Christian and the church. The world, the flesh, and the devil. Now that said, write down this reference. I'm going to read all these verses. I'm just going. And again, I don't normally do this, but the Lord said do it. So here we go, okay? Ephesians 2. Listen to the first seven verses of Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians 2, 1 to 7. Thinking about what's on the screen, world, flesh, and the devil. Listen to what these words say. And you were dead, and Paul writes, inspired by the Holy Spirit, you were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, there's the world, following the prince of the power of the air, there's the devil, the spirit that's now at work in the sons of disobedience. Everybody that doesn't follow Jesus, sons of disobedience. Okay? Among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh. There's the flesh. Okay, we've got all three right there, those two verses. Carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Here's one of those most beautiful words in Scripture. Verse 4, first word, but. But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. That's who we are, okay? But we started lost. We started in a, in a, in a place captive by and following daily the world, the flesh, and the devil. Do what the world said to do, do what our flesh said felt good, and following our father Satan, the devil himself. In case that sounds a little strong, the Bible says that's who we are until we come to Jesus. Okay? So those are our enemies, the world, the flesh, and the devil. What's the point? We need protection then. Once we come to know Jesus and start living out this immeasurable riches of his grace, part of those immeasurable riches of his grace include the spiritual protection that we need from the world, from our flesh, and from the devil. Now, here's how that unpacks, though. Hang on, I don't have this on the screen, but I'm just going to say it slowly so you can get it. This is something that really nailed me yesterday. We need spiritual protection from the world, which equals temptations around us. The world equals the temptations around us. Name of temptation. And actually, let's, 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 really, let's be clear here, okay? The world is look, I mean, literally, the world is looking for every way they can get our attention so they can make us do what they want us to do instead of what God wants us to do. You're aware of that, right? Now, here's one way I found this out not long ago, and it ticked me off. That's a spiritual term, ticked me off. Okay, here's why. I'm on Facebook more than I need to be. I mean, you're on Facebook. Raise your hand. I'll go ahead and confess. You're on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, we like Facebook. But, okay. but you know what Facebook does? You're aware, right? I've got a little bit of a brain. I finally figured this out. Because I kept seeing that when I'd look at things on Facebook, I'd start seeing more and more of that. 
The algorithms of Facebook, don't ask me what an algorithm is, it's what they say it is, okay? But those things on Facebook track what we do and send more of that to our page on Facebook. More and more. I mean, I, my, my father-in-law and grandfather, dad's dad, both were in the Navy, okay? I've always loved ships, naval ships, okay? Battleships, they give me a battleship any day. I'll spend a year looking at that thing. But anyway, battleships, I'm not so much a sub guy, but aircraft carriers, eh. Okay, but I, I like the ones with the big guns, okay? Battleships, destroyers, cruisers, heavy cruisers, don't get me started, okay? But I was just looking at a few of those pictures on Facebook. Just a few. And folks, for the last six to seven months, every day I get pictures from who knows where of this battleship that I had never heard about, but it's just over, and that's how the world works. It watches for what we're weak on and throws it all at us. That's the world. Temptations around us. Now, the flesh is even more personal. That's us. Pinch your, pinch your hand. That's flesh, okay? Our flesh simply emphasizes and includes the weaknesses within us. I know none of you all have any weaknesses, but I... I'm sorry. I know you do, okay? Trying to be nice, okay? I really do. Okay? All of us do. But that's an enemy we have to fight against. And it's right here. Right? We need spiritual protection from ourselves, flesh-wise. Weakness is in us. And then third enemy, Satan himself, the devil. The enemy has made it clear. He wants to destroy us. He's a father of lies. He'll do anything he can to drive us away from God. And he does it in ways that we will not, not identify because we keep falling for it. He's not so much a frontal attack kind of guy. He's a distractor. You know, now I've, I made it all the way through doctoral level work. Still, pretty good grades. Procrastinating. That's one of Satan's best tools. You know that, right? Anything he can, you can put off till tomorrow. Let's do a simple life quiz. How many of us are guaranteed tomorrow? Anybody guaranteed tomorrow? No. But if we put off to tomorrow, something might happen to us that puts us in his camp instead of the Lord's camp. I don't know. I just know he wants to destroy us. So we need protection from Satan and his forces. Never forget, all three of those, the world, the flesh, and the devil, are real and present dangers that we have to deal with in this life. That's the, the, why the beauty, and both of my parents, all four of our parents, Monte Carlo's parents, are in heaven now. I can't imagine how wonderful it is. I'm, I'm, and that's, that's, why heaven's supposed, that's the way heaven's supposed to be. We can't imagine it. But it's, it's got to be wonderful. <laughs> One of the main reasons is because temptation is gone, the flesh in the problem, and Satan can't get in. You know? It's good. But here we are. So how do we watch for these issues we're wrestling with? Oh, I'm sorry. I was in San Antonio this week, and I set this watch back. I just laid down, and I didn't move it back. It's almost 10 o'clock. We've got an hour. No, sorry. We're going to move on here. We've got to get done. What is... Anyway, sorry. It's 11, almost 11. Hang on. So how do we watch for the world? Let's get through this, Okay. 1 John 3, 15 to 17 tells us how to do it. Write those verses down. 1 John 3, 15 to 17. Read those verses with, or follow along if you have your Bibles. 
<clears throat> John, inspired of the Holy Spirit, said, Do not love the world or things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that's in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of, your, of the eyes, the pride of life, is not from the Father, but it's from the world. The world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. These verses expose the world's challenges for each one of us. I heard this and learned this when I was a teenager, and it still bugs me to this day, okay, because it's still true. All of us have to deal with this in one way or the other. Lay some three out, three issues out. In the world, we have to deal with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And here's the trap those three, three monsters throw, throw at us, okay? We have to be on watch. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life. What does that mean? Lust of the flesh, things my body wants. Let's just be really honest again. Overeating, that's part of the lust of the flesh. Our body just wants more and more. And then after you eat too much, you got cheesecake, right? <laughs> got to be careful. Yeah, no, this is personal, okay? I'm, and I'm pointing my fingers here, okay? Bob, deal with this. That's the lust of the flesh. Lust of the eyes, things our eyes want to see that make us feel good or we enjoy or whatever. That can be good. It can be bad. But still, it's an issue. And here's the fun part. If you don't think you deal with the lust of the flesh or the lust of the eyes, then you're dealing with the pride of life. You realize that, right? You say, oh, I don't have a problem with lust of the flesh or lust of the eyes. Then you have pride. And that's the third one, pride of life. The world's full of traps that can catch us, Christian. So we've got to watch and pray. The Lord will help and deliver us from the world. So let's get on with it. All right, how do we watch for the flesh? We already heard about the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes, temptations of the body. We've already heard about those things we can do, things we can see, where temptations start. You realize, all, you realize where all, every temptation you face starts. Where, where does it start? You know? Not in that guy that tempted you. Uh-uh. Starts in your head, inside this cranium. Because you're thinking to yourself, oh, I don't need to do that. And then a little while later, well, but I like to do that. Well, it won't hurt. All that happens up here without me saying a word. And I fall into the trap. Lust of the flesh. So we've got to watch for the flesh. Jesus told us what to do about that in Luke 9, 23. Just one verse and we hit it quick. Here it is. If you want to follow him... You've got to deal with the flesh. How do you do that? Luke 9.23, he said, if you want to follow after me, you have to deny yourself, take up your cross daily, and follow me. Jesus was the master, the perfect master of denying the flesh. Follow him. He'll show you how. This is the daily walk with Jesus that makes the Christian life real and active. Okay? Luke 9.23. Yep, how do we watch for the flesh? All right, let's move on. How do we watch for the devil? Here it gets a little trickier. So hang on. We're going to read. I promise I won't take too long. But I'm going to read Ephesians 6, 10, and 18. That's it. I'm just going to read it, okay? You just need to hear it. You want to know how to deal with watching for the devil? Here it is. Finally, Paul said, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God so that you'll be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. There he is. For we, verse 12 is a verse all of us need to memorize. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, people but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, Satan and his forces, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. 
Therefore, verse 13, take up the whole armor of God so that you'll be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, put on the breastplate of righteousness, shoes for your feet, covering them with the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish how many? All the flaming darts of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication, praying for all the saints, praying for each other. Okay, I'm going to summarize it in four statements. Here it is. Stay spiritually alert to fight against the devil and resist him and watch for him. Remember who the real struggle is against, against Satan and not people. People are not your problem. People are not my problem, even though it has their face on it, okay? It's okay to smile, okay? That, that was partly a joke, okay? But it's serious, okay? People aren't our problems. Satan is the one behind all that. According to what Ephesians 6 says, 10 to 18. So knowing that, we depend on the armor of God, God's ability to cover us and protect us. And then while we're being covered, we, we have the armor of God so that we can pray. What we say about that earlier, we are on to be on watch so that we can what? So that we can pray. Jesus said, watch and pray. Always goes together. Watch and pray. And then the last verse talks about praying for one another. So we also depend on our brothers and sisters in Christ as we pray for one another to resist Satan and his forces. So these are the ways we can watch for the world, the flesh, and the devil. But did you notice what we just did? What we've just done in the last minutes, okay? It's a model. Remember it. We asked how to watch and then how to watch, how to deal with issues. Name an issue. And then we went to the scriptures to find out what the Bible says about those issues. That's how we deal with this. So anytime you have a struggle or an issue and you're on alert to do the Lord's work, what do you do? You stop and you ask, what does the Bible say about this? I promise it'll direct you the right way. And then once you find it, you follow the Lord's direction through his word and watching and praying. Oh, by the way, did I say this was easy? <laughs> no, it's not easy. No, it's not easy, but it's most definitely worth the effort to watch and pray because you come out on the other side victorious in Jesus' name. Then you can celebrate and sing, like, sing the songs like we sang at the first of the service that talk about how we need to be saying hallelujah for the one that set us free. Amen? That's it. See, we've come full circle here. All right, got to wrap up. I know you want to go to supper, but we're going to stop, okay? <clears throat> this week, we have a unique opportunity that we get it. Well, it's not unique. We get it every year, an annual opportunity, okay? On Wednesday, now I'm not saying you need to do what some churches do in terms of tradition, but this Wednesday is what is called Ash Wednesday, okay? It's the first of four, a 40-day period that leads up to Palm Sunday and Holy Week and Easter, all right? For me... For now about 30 years, every year, this is an important, one of my most important times of prayer. I'm praying around the year, but this just is a time you can go deeper. Knowing what Jesus did for us, it's just a way to remember how significant his gift for us is and how to be more watchful in praying. So my encouragement to you is to decide today. It's always easy to take things in a bite. Don't take a whole year. How about 40 days? Okay. 
Decide today that you'll spend more time watching for what God is doing, listening to what he's saying, and spending time in prayer with him during these coming days that will lead us after 40 days from Wednesday to Palm Sunday. It's the first day of Holy Week that prepares us then for Good Friday and Resurrection Day itself. Each year, this season is one of my most blessed times of personal worship and watching with the Lord I experience. It's just a sweet time. Sometimes it's hard. We're dealing with hard stuff. But it's worth it. So I hope well, that's my challenge to you today. Join me in deciding to watch for the Lord and pray in daily ways. Starting this week. Start Wednesday if you want to. And if you would like help, some resources, probably already have some. We've used the Seek God for the City Prayer Guide, and that's what this focuses on. But there are some other great resources out there. If anybody would like to know that, know some of that, tell me today before I leave, and I'll email it to you. Okay? Okay? And we'll have good resources to use. The best is just here. You know, take the word. Uh, work through the Psalms. Work through uh, the text around what happened during this time of year as we look forward to Easter. And watch what the Lord reveals to you as you listen for him. Okay, my question on that is, okay, say all of us in the room. I'll say half. Say half of us in the room decide we're really going to focus in on prayer and watching for 40 days leading up to Easter. What might God do? What might God do in your life? What might he do in your church? What might he do in your family? I don't know. But he can do anything. And Ephesians 3 tells us he can do immeasurably more than all we ask or think. And if we're taking 40 days to ask and think about stuff starting this week, what might he do? What might the Lord show each of us if we decided to watch with him more closely and actively pray in the coming days? What might we see in the Lord's word that we hadn't noticed before if we take additional time to watch and pray? What might happen? Let's find out. I'm starting Wednesday. Join me. And it's, it is actually exactly, from Wednesday, it's exactly 40 days to Palm Sunday, which is the first day of Holy Week. So, you want to go, actually, I'm doing a plan that's a 46-day plan. It takes me through dark Saturday, or black Saturday, and the next day is Easter Sunday. So, whatever works for you. And again, seriously, if, you, if you'd like some resources to help with that, See me after the service, and we will get some stuff to you, okay? I can email some stuff to the church to have it here by Wednesday. It'll start. Thanks for walking with me through this time. I didn't know where the Lord was going to take me on this message. I think we heard what we needed to hear. But following time, we'll show. Lord, show us your way. Open our eyes. Help us to hear what you're saying to us, Lord. Help us to be watching for what's going on around us so that, Jesus, you might be lifted up, so that we might be your people walking in trust and holiness and dependence on you. Struggles around us are real, Lord, but thank you that nothing's too difficult for you. So help us, Lord, to watch. Help us to pray. Help us to depend on you in each day that you give. In Jesus' name. Amen.